Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Welcome to In The Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to part two of our two-part podcast with Austin Robert. We'll, we'll be tackling more of your questions and other topics that come our way. So without further ado, here we go. Mason, you're going to get married soon. What is going on with that in this environment? <laughs> I saw that question. I was like, hmm, okay, we can talk about this. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not it's a little scary to be honest. I mean, it's, I, I mean, and caveat of obviously I know that it pales in comparison to some, what a lot of other people are dealing with right now, but like it's uh, I, I mean, I canceled my bachelor party a week ago and which was set for mid May. And now it's like my wedding's in August. So it's August 22nd. And like, it's no, no sure thing that this is going to happen, uh, which is, um, or, or well, it will, ha- it will happen. It's no sure thing. It's going to happen in the, format that we have anticipated and been planning for so um we'll we'll see i i don't know just like we don't know when it when basketball is coming back um but it's you know i not not ideal damn austin are 
did you guys like officially finish school? Did you get a degree? Like what, where are you in that situation? We're doing Zoom classes right now. All of my uh, finals have gone to mandatory pass fail now. So um, that's kind of uh, crazy. I don't think there's been like a time like that for law schools since, you know, like World War II or something like that. So it's um, pretty unprecedented. I think the even more unprecedented thing is when we do graduate in May, we are all scheduled to take the bar in July, which will be unlikely to happen. Usually they have, you know, 500 to 1,000 people in one room taking the bar. Um, even even when the curve does flatten, it, it's still that type of numbers I don't think will be possible until mm -hmm. maybe until you have a vaccine. So, um, and they don't want to go online. There's too many uh, cheating issues and other things that could come up. So there's just a giant question mark, even more. I think for finals, we're not too worried, but for the bar, it's giant question mark, no clue what's going to happen there. And, um, and I mean, there's petitions going around where people want the state to um, switch to degree privilege, which basically means that if you graduate law school, you are automatically admitted to the bar, which there is some precedent for that. They did do that during World War II. I think they did that during the Spanish flu, um, 1918. Um, Wisconsin actually still does that today. If you graduate from the University of Wisconsin, you're automatically admitted to the Wisconsin bar. So um, there's some precedent there, but um, they really haven't given us any information yet on, on what they're gonna do. Um, it's it's uh, definitely untried territory right now. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of wild. It just, I feel like everyone talks about how the impact of this has been far reaching, but it's definitely different to hear it um, from, from people that you're friends with and, and close to. So um, it's definitely grounding. Um, with that being said, do you guys have any predictions on if the season is going to come back or not? If you had a, if you had to uh, give it a percent chance out of a hundred, what would you give it? Just so, uh, just having a crowning NBA champion, like that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, season comes back in any capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, one and three, I think is where I'm at right now, and and like that, I was I was erring on the side of more optimism and and saying that I. I thought the league would try to do whatever it could to shorten this season and play the play the playoffs, even if it meant shortening next season, just because of the financial implications. Like they make a lot of their money from playoff revenue. And so I thought they would try to, you know, and I'm sure that's what they're still trying to do is like still get the playoffs in and you've got to start the next season on Christmas. Like you did the lockout year, you do it. Um, but man, I just, there's just so much uncertainty right now. And I'm just, I, I would, I would bet against the season coming back, but I'm not at the point where I think it's a lost cause. Um, but it's certainly under 50% is where I'm, where I'm at. What about yeah, you, Mason? I, I agree. I was going to say before Mason even said that about 35% chance is what I would give it. Um, I would say for fans being there, I'd give it a 0% chance. I'd give it yep. a 0% chance next season for fans to be there even. I think, wow. until, I think until we have a vaccine, because of the antibodies, I – I don't think there's going to be fans at any games until a vaccine comes out. Um, and that's just 
the reality of this being able to to spring back up at any point when you have that many people in one location. Um, so, I mean, that's the that's the feeling I get from what I've seen. I'm optimistic that you know um, we can have a shortened playoff and a championship, but um, but who knows really? Wow, that's pretty incredible. I would you know I'm gonna take the other approach. I think there's a greater than fifty percent chance they finish this current season um, in, in any capacity. I do agree that there's going to be no fans. Um, I do think that they're going to find a solution, what, like some sort of bubble solution that allows them to at least wrap up the playoffs. I have no idea how they're going to figure out draft seating in, um, in, in those situations. I, it's, it's a lot of logistics to consider, but I, I think that – I do think that they'll probably uh, f- do something, whether it's it's starting back up in August or or July. Um, it's it's crazy you mentioned no fans until vaccine, and logistically it makes sense. You know, our in our group chat, we've had many a discussion on like what constitutes opening everything back up, and and how do they do it? What's the approach, and and what is the timeline? And and so far, there's like really not any great answers there's all these strategies like well you know you ease people back in especially those who have already been infected and you have rapid testing and you track all these people yada 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 i just feel like i just feel like once we go down that route if we don't have all the proper structures in place and there is another outbreak um i don't think we as a country are going to tolerate shutting things down again even though it is 100 percent the right thing to do um, I feel like a lot of people are going, going to be very upset and I, I don't want, I don't want to know what that looks like. And, but I, I do think um, several months from now, they will find a way to finish out the NBA season. That's, that is where I'm at, but given the flux of, of the situation, do you think that impacts season ticket sales in in any capacity for the following season typically teams around this time of the year are ramping up their their sales packages trying to secure as many seats and and all of that especially if the team is doing well they can sell hope for a better future but like what does that even look like at, at this point yeah it's i mean i think the the undersold factor in this is the is disposable income for people i mean like this the country's in a recession. I mean, like even put, put the health of it, uh, health uh, aside and, and whether or not we can have fans in stadiums, like, like people like that's, I'm not saying it's the first thing you cut because people are irrational and, and, and they need, they, they, if you love your sports, you're going to make other concessions to go and go watch a game. But I mean, the people who are the more casual fans, like they're, I mean, you're going to lose some season ticket holders just because you don't have as much money to spend on stuff like that, I think is, is, is the reality of it. Um, and so, and I mean, let's, let's be honest about New Orleans. I mean, it's a, uh, it's not one of the more affluent markets in the country. And so that's, I mean, maybe, uh, and so it could have a, and I, I know that the Pelicans have one of the cheapest tickets in the league too. So it's like, it's almost, it's kind of relative, but um but yeah, I mean that that's a that's what I'm you know that's the I think the whole league's gonna have to be a little concerned about that. Um, so that, I mean, there's other factors at play here macroeconomically than, than just like you know um, season ticket holder or see, selling how to sell season tickets, you know. 
Yeah, I I agree. And I, I I can't remember the exact poll that I saw. I I want to say it was a Gallup poll, but um, it basically said that um a majority of people in the U.S. even after a government go ahead was given to um go reconvene in public places, they would not feel comfortable doing so until there's a vaccine. So um, I um. I think that you're definitely gonna have issues with people just not willing to, even if the league did say we're having fans next season. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people who would be willing to go do that um, unless there's a vaccine around at that point. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. I wonder, you know, like the teams have taken a lot of actions to help the help the employees um, around around the arenas and stadiums and whatnot. And I don't think there there has been many communication from teams to their existing season ticket holders but you know we've seen teams like freeze prices and and do all of that i think the question right now is do you even get a refund for the remaining games you have left and the nba has to come up with a solution or a decision before i guess they even go down that road and then i feel like in conjunction with that they have to come up with some sort of plan that I feel that incentivizes people to to purchase these things when everything is cleared to come back. So I don't I don't think that's going to be necessarily you know something one team comes up with and other teams do differently. It's probably going to take a lot of collaborative effort um, with the teams working together and the league office to figure out an amenable solution for, for the rest of it. I think you, once a good model is in place, you're going to see many teams follow that. Um, at least that would be my hope. It'd be kind of sucky if one team has this great uh, compensation for, for the missed games this year and, and great incentives for future games. And then another team's like, ha ha, screw you. And um, you get nothing, which you could totally see something, something like the Rockets holding on to any kind of money they can. Um, you, you never know, but with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on survivor, big brother, American idol stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Enough kind of, I guess, morbid talk. Do you guys see any kind of silver lining coming out of this, whether it's the NBA or public in general? Cool. Yeah, silence. Um. <laughs> I think um I think Mason is currently muted but um I will go ahead and say that I think um one thing is when this does end that there will definitely be um a big boost of people you know looking to get out and do things and you know as much as possible so I think that there's definitely going to be a, a giant stimulus of People are just looking to take trips, go out and do whatever, you know, just finally being released from from confinement, basically. Um, I also think that maybe 
you know, especially in the United States where we have such a, um, a divide between uh, people that trust the media and people who have absolutely zero trust for any media. Uh, maybe, at least, maybe, I may be I'm optimistic in this, but maybe thinking that, uh, you know, seeing news sources or at least some news sources coming out early and, and saying, you know, that this is something serious that people need to be aware of and people need to take measures for that maybe in the future um, people will be more willing to, you know, heed those warnings and, um, and have, you know, at least slightly more trust in the media. Um, I think that's optimism. So, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got I mean, reason. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, I hope you're right. I think it's optimistic. My, I, if there's a, if there's a silver line for me and it's more personal, I feel like I've, and I can say this for both my, my fiance and myself, but, I think we've spent more time connecting with friends that don't live um, in the same city as us than I have in the past. And like, it's partially, it's mostly because people are now confined to be at home and, and got to find ways to spend the time. And that's kind of like a, it's a deficit I've felt personally for a while since moving to Chicago. I mean, it's like, you know, New Orleans, I had all my friends there. And then we all, a bunch of people for grad school when I was in Austin, we all moved to Austin at the exact same time. And so we come friends with each other. And then Chicago, you know, moved here for work and it never really had a, you know, didn't, didn't have the same type of big uh, camaraderie, big group. Uh, and so catching up with all my friends over the country who, you know, they're all in the same situation and, and getting to spend more time with them, even though it's virtually, it's, that's, I think that's been kind of cool, but that's, it's, again, that's finding, finding us, like you said, silver lining where I can. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, my silver lining is that it's given me an opportunity to work on things I didn't necessarily have time for before. And so I'm, I'm working on a couple things uh, in, in Python. I'm getting back into um, trying to build and build tools that'll help us analyze the NBA better working on a couple of projects um, there. And also like, I'm not going to lie, like I've had nothing better to do, but get in shape. And so I'm exercising a lot more <laughs> and um, I'll probably continue to do that because again, ain't shit else to do. So that is my silver lining. I did like how you mentioned this has allowed people to connect on a, I guess, much higher level than they were connecting before. It's definitely a positive outcome. What's the what's the workout uh, routine like now? I mean, is, is it just running? Is it is there stuff you're doing from home? Like, what are you what are you doing? So, so this is interesting. Um, I so I coached the Emory men's ultimate frisbee team, and I issued a challenge to my kids. I said, if any of you guys can beat me in a mile by the time this all blows over, I'll buy you a case of beer, and if you can't beat me in a mile, you owe me a single beer. Um, so the odds are pretty good for them in terms of the return. But what they don't know All is, I heard is you're offering to buy minors alcohol. They're not minors, dude. They're <laughs> college kids. They're not. But, okay. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> I'm not offering to buy minors. I'll you're, buy this. You're some, Mr. Law degree over there. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, you cop. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Mason so <laughs> so I was I was uh, I ran cross country and track in high school and my first two years of college. Um, I wasn't like an elite elite runner, but I was I was pretty good. Um, 
I, I topped out uh, in the mile uh, around 436. What? Um, yeah, I, 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 was, I was pretty good. Hold did on. You, did you just How did I not know that? How did you not know that? I don't know. Did you run any other events? Um, so the mile was my favorite event. Um, I ran everything from like regular with regularity. I ran everything from the 800 to 10 K. Okay. Um, that was my, I ran the 800, um, hated it for uh, Catholic it. eye. Yeah. You ran 800 for Catholic. Yeah, I did. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's, it's a grueling race. The worst race. Um, yeah, for sure. But and then, like, I occasionally, because, like, I ran for Ben Franklin, and we didn't really necessarily have a 4x4 four four team, so I would run the 4x4 four four, uh, at the end after my two-mile. Um, I would run the 4x4 four four in um, JV meets. That was fun. Nice. <laughs> Just going, you know, mess around. <laughs> yeah. And and so I am nowhere near in that kind of mile shape at the moment. Um, probably in in the low sixes slash high fives at the moment and and so i was kind of like Damn, reading that's still good i couldn't even come close to that at this point <laughs> <laughs> well i gotta really stay good. in shape for ultimate and it's a lot of running because like a weekend of ultimate like i put in over a weekend of ultimate you have around seven games you end up running about 20 ish miles or so total um oh. so it's yeah so like i mean i haven't been like running necessarily regularly but i'm in decent shape and and so i was reading some articles on like well how do you, you know, what's the best way to get back in shape and pretty much all of the running literature there is out there um, talks about building an aerobic base and building your capacity by just doing long slow runs and so like you you slowly increase your mileage um every week and what, what the goal of it is just you're not you're not really pushing yourself you're just getting out there and running and that's that's the best way to build your aerobic capacity and then then you start doing speed work and all of that. And like, I'm like, I don't want, cause like one of the reasons I quit um, college cross country and stuff, we were doing 70, 80 mile weeks and I, it was destroying my body and I hated running for that long. And I was like, I'd rather just do shorter, quicker stuff. That's more interval related. And so I'm going to see if I can get back in sub five mile, sub five minute mile shape um, without doing long runs. And so I haven't really defined myself like what a long run is, but I'm thinking at no point do I want to run more than five miles. And, and majority of my training is just going to be shorter, quicker interval stuff and just a lot of repeats and where I can increase or decrease the rest depending on it and, and see where it goes. So I'm on like day three of that. And, and so I did um, a series of sprints where I sprinted for uh, 20 seconds had a 10 second break, sprinted for 20, had a 10 second break, sprinted for 20. And that was a set of three. And then I did three sets of three. Um, I was dead by the end of it. And, and so we'll see if, if this training method is effective because what I was reading um, online, there's been a lot of recent literature that suggests that you can have equivalent, um, you can build your aerobic base uh, equivalently by just doing like the high intensity interval training stuff. Uh, and, and they, like some studies showed that if you did like four of those workouts um, over, over a course of week and compared it to like a group that was doing five workouts where they were running like 30 minutes a day or uh, the people that did like the 10 minute high intensity workouts had the same gains um, as, as the other group. 
And, and there's been a lot more studies on that. So I, I have no clue if any of that actually works. And I feel like I might as well be a human guinea pig at this point because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm running a heavy mileage. And uh, so for me, it's, it's a lot of uh, running, but it's not a lot of running and um, trying to do like body weight stuff to stay in shape. So like push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, um, body weight squats, that kind of stuff. That's, that's my workout routine. Do you um do you have a brand of running shoe that you swear by? Asics. Yeah. So like most most runners have a brand that there's like that's the the only one that I'll I'll potentially run in. Yeah, I mean it's for me it's Asics and specifically like the GT two thousand series. Uh but when I was in college I would uh and I guess high school, I would train in Asics, but I would race in in something else so most most of the time it was like nike flats or nike spikes yeah um eventually ended up finding some asic spikes that i really liked i switched to those um but there were a couple different racing flats that i tried and i really liked the nike one so i would i would race in something other than i trained with but yeah that's that's how i've been been working out and uh I feel like we can end the podcast here. Have fun listening to me talk about running. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.